Today's program was made possible by the generous prayer and support of the faithful friends and partners of this ministry. Visit our new website at Sheila.media. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this edition of The Sheila Zielinski Show. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your schedule to tune into the broadcast today. Are you listening on the podcast? If you're not, you might want to try taking the show on the go. That's right. Download the podcast. If you have an iPhone, this symbol right here, tap on it search my name, and there you have it. And of course, over there on iTunes and on Overcast, a lot of people like the Overcast app as well. There's also the Podomatic app. So I do hope you are enjoying the podcast, which is back. And so, hey, you asked for it and you got it. And before I introduce my guest, I am coming up on year end. I hope I can depend on you for your financial support to this ministry. There are many ways to donate, including becoming one of my patrons for any amount. Your financial support means a lot to me. And I'm totally invested and committed to bringing you only the very best guests and God-focused discussions that will edify you and equip you in these crazy days that we live. So I very much appreciate it. And I want to thank you in advance for that. You are going to be very blessed by this show today. And I have wanted him on to have this conversation because when it comes to this topic, one of the biggest requests I get is, I don't get what you guys are talking about when you talk about curses. Didn't Jesus take the curse for us? So what's the deal in that? And what's the difference between a curse that you open yourself up to and a generational curse? And there's a lot of confusion on this topic. Well, my guest is about to clear all that up. This is so interesting. I find this fascinating. I heard him talk on this already, and I thought, I have got to get him on to discuss this. And without further ado, it is Elvis Newhart, a very powerful minister from Germany. He's a good friend of the program, and I'm welcoming him back to get into this incredible topic. You're going to be just so blessed. The title today is Hidden Curses. Elvis, welcome to the program. I'm just going to hand you the mic and you throw it back to me when you're ready, sir. Okay, well, uh, thanks for having me back, Sheila. Tonight, what I'd like to share and where we're going to start looking uh, looking at is I would like to talk about hidden generational curses tonight. It's a really very interesting topic. And you see, what happens is is when we start talking about hidden generational curses and some of the future programs that are coming up, these may come from sins that you may or may not have committed, but they are in the past. And the best way to get into this is to go in and start looking in the Bible, start looking at some Bible verses and give real-life examples of hidden generational curses. Why is heart disease prevalent in so many families? Diabetes, disease, sudden death, you know, financial problems, what no, what, what, you know, no matter what people uh, start to do. But where I want to start tonight is let's go back to the book of Exodus because God makes it really clear. God makes it very clear to us where a lot of this comes from, and we can start unraveling this a little bit, and we can get some help in these areas of hidden generational curses. Because there are times where people, they do become Christian, and it's great, and they're walking forward with the Lord, and it's great, but there are still lingering problems. And, you know, that can be really heartbreaking at times where people, they they love the Lord, they go forward with the Lord, and they're like, well, geez, Lord, but what's going on? There's still this heavy chain there. So a lot of this is exposed and opened up uh, in the Word of God, which is really great. So what we do is we pray right now, Father in heaven, in Jesus' name, we cover ourselves with the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, Father. We bind the strong men over ourselves and each and every person listening to this broadcast in Jesus' name. And Lord, we ask that you open our understanding so that we can understand the scriptures, Lord, and see where they apply to our lives. Lord, there are areas where we see the smoke in our lives. Help us find out where's the fire. Lord, where is this smoke? Where is this trouble? Where are these burdens? Where are they coming from, Lord? And how do we expose them, Lord, so that we can take care of them, cancel them, put them under the, wash them away with the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ? and receive healing and restoration and deliverance in the name of Jesus. Now, what I'd like to start out with tonight is let's go to Exodus chapter 20. We're going to start in verse 2, and it's great to let the Bible speak for itself. There's times where I will talk and talk, and then we just read a few Bible verses, and everything is contained in that. In verse 2, it says, I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of 
of bondage. And it goes further and says, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself unto them, nor serve them. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children under the third and fourth generation of them that hate me, and showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. It starts out with what we see here on idolatry or serving other gods. And, you know, it's like the devil and everything else. We, we see this in the entire Bible. This is repeated. And this theme of Exodus in Exodus chapter 20 is, is repeated and repeated and told to the people of God over and over and over again. But we see how, how the devil and the world and, uh, and the demons and, and other religions work on the people of God and it draws them away. Okay, which we can see this theme throughout the Bible. Now, whether we like it or not, this does keep happening to us here in in modern times and in today. And you see, what happens is, is that we see this principle here where when we sin, there are consequences to our sin. And when that happens, these curses come upon the children under the third and fourth generation that hate me. Now, Another thing too is like you know we, we look at we look at the fruit of consequences. People want to talk about free will. That's another whole message. Okay, they want to talk about free will and everything like that. But when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, there were consequences in that for that sin that affected them, but it affected their kids. Okay, you know they did what they wanted. They they did that and look and then then we had Cain and you know and then we see Cain sin against Abel and we see that murder and we see what happened to Cain's descendants. So we see a pattern here, and if, let's go to another great example. Let's, let's, let's go to the book of Lamentations, and I want to look at the book of Lamentations now, and we're going to start in chapter 5, verse 7, but I think it actually even starts a little bit above that. It starts off in chapter 5, it says, Remember, O Lord, what has come upon us. Consider and behold our reproach. Now, I have another complete message on reproach and talk about reproach here, and I consider reproach to be an entire level deeper than rejection. Because, it's, again, it's like an unseen thing. It's almost hidden. You know, why, why am I always rejected? I walk in a room full of people, and, and there's just this rejection there. There's like this unseen spiritual stink on me, right? But now notice this, what goes on. There's all these fruits here. Our inheritance is turned to strangers, our houses to aliens. Now, this is losing everything, right? We are orphaned and fatherless. Our mothers are as widows. We have drunken our water for money, and our wood is sold unto us. Our necks are under persecution. We labor and we have no rest. So you see all of this is, is, is coming along here, right? right? We have given the hand to the Egyptians and to the Assyrians to be satisfied with bread. And it says here in verse 7, and we see one of the reasons here, our fathers have sinned and we have borne their iniquities. And so it, it keeps going on. Servants have ruled over us. There is none that doth deliver us out of their hand. Right, We get our bread with the peril of our lives because of the sword of the wilderness. Our skin was black like an oven because of the terrible famine. Crimes against women, here you go, verse 11, they ravished the women in Zion and the maids in the cities of Judah. Princes are hung up by their hand, and the faces of the elders were not honored. Okay, so what we see is we see all this bad, all this horrible stuff still still happening here, and we, we see that thing is that where it says, you know, our fathers have sinned and are not, and we have borne their iniquities. Now, I want to give a more modern example of this as we go into this tonight, because this does affect people. Hey, praise is great, worship is great, reading our Bible is great. When we read our Bible, you know, th this stuff should jump out at us. Whenever we read our Bible and we go, wow, that's happening to me, reread that, find out where it is, because it may be happening for the exact same reasons to you as it's happening to the people that are in the Bible. Okay. Now, I want to give the example here, a more modern, modern example that's easy to research. You can go and look this up. And it's about a gentleman by the name of Max Jukes. And they did a study on Max Jukes because he was quite a character. He was an avowed atheist. And this is a time when, when most people were God 
fearing when even the criminals or the or, or the pirates or everything else they even feared God they even quoted the Bible but you know what Max Jukes he was an avowed atheist he was a hater of God hater of church hater of, of God's people he was a drunkard he was violent he was in jail often and what so what they actually did back then is they decided to somewhere they got a hold of the family tree they could do more research on this and more more records on this and actually on Max Jukes it was they had no problem finding out about his descendants because a lot of them ended up just like him you see they found out they could trace Max Jukes out to 563 descendants and now let's look at this, you know, this this life that he did of hating God, hating people, basically just being evil to his fellow man. Out of those 563 descendants, 310 of them died as paupers, okay? Cause of death, extreme poverty. Now, that's 310. That's like over 60% or so, okay? Of what they could find, 150 of them were criminals, and of that 150, 78 of those were murderers. Okay, and what they found here, too, they go, well, 100 were alcoholics, and I would almost venture to say that that number almost has to be higher, especially in those times. But 100 were alcoholics, and by the way, when, when they're talking about these people, they're talking about like 100 were drunkards. 100 were drunkards, and another heartbreaking statistic that comes out of that is that of the women, more than one half of the women were prostitutes. And this is over 563 descendants. That's quite some time following these people. One reason why they could trace this back to Max Juice is they were all in the penal system, and that was all written down. But they figured that back then, okay, and I believe uh, this was in the 17 or 1800s, right? Back then, they cost the system $1,200,000, and that was back then. And we would have to do a figure out how much money that would be today, right? But all this, and it traces back to, to Max Jukes. And I want to say this here, too. I believe that this was also going on before Ma uh, Max Jukes as well. Now, one thing I want to point out here is we're not trying to point the evil finger, but what I want to show here is that, look at this, how this all comes down. Number one, I just thought, boy, do the wicked multiply. And it's like, here you got Max Jukes, this guy, he spent, he spent all this time in jail, but he still ended up with 563 dependents. You know, I look at some of this here, and I look at all this stuff that goes on, and I, I think of good people who really struggle to have children, where we have to pray that God opens up the womb and helps people have children. But boy, it seems like people like this, it seems like they multiply. You know why? Because they usually do not have the enemy standing in the way of that. And you see, the enemy knows how this works right? The enemy goes, you know what? We're going to create more of our people. We're going to keep this passing down the family line. And look at this. Now we have 563 of these people, of these similar type people here. But what's really sad here, too, is that, you know, there were babies born into this, and there were small children born into this. And, you know, these people really didn't have a chance from the womb because when there's a, when there's a curse thing and when, when there are spirits, when there are patterns, when there is death, disease, alcoholism, spirits of whoredoms, spirits of prostitution, spirits of destitute poverty that are passing down family lines, and you have children that are born into it. Boy, there's your free will again. No, they don't have a choice. They are set up with this from the wound, and you have this running through the generations, okay? You know, really great. 310 people were born into that to grow up to be a pauper and die of starvation, malnutrition, no place to live. 150 were born to be desperate and criminals, and 78 were murders. So we know, you know, you get that spirit of murder in there, right? 100 were alcoholics. Like I said, I am very sure it's more than 100 were that, right? Okay. And you know, it says more than half the women were prostitutes. So you have those baby girls that are born there. And basically your destiny is, is you, you've got, you have those spirits, you have the sins of the mothers, sins of the grandmothers, sins of the great grandmothers going all down that line, right? And you have another little girl and she's born to be a prostitute. And doesn't that sound horrible? Exactly, people. It is horrible. And it's the work of the enemy. It's what the devil came to do, to steal, to kill, and destroy. And you know what the thing is, is, is what I see there, too. Now, I know there were a lot of preachers during that day. There were a lot of pastors during that day. I think Jonathan Edwards might even been one of the prominent uh, pastors. But you're going to see this. There were all these great preachers. Why didn't some of that? You know, maybe some of the other people in this family, maybe, they, maybe some got saved, okay? 
Maybe some got saved. Maybe some got healing. Maybe even fewer got deliverance, right? But the one thing is like, wow, but there were these big revivals, big tent revivals. Why, did, why didn't they wander into one of these tents and do everything? We're going to look at that tonight because there are things that go on in generations that will really, how do you say, almost like block a salvation. We prayed for, we've prayed for people here, one of the most famous examples here in Germany. We were praying at a workshop, a guy goes and he manifests and everything, so we start praying for him, and the, the pastor runs up to us and he goes, oh, no, 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 you cannot pray for him, he, he's not saved. And we're like, what? And really, it was a fight, and this demon wasn't going to come out. And so anyway, it just clicked. Maybe I think the Holy Spirit just had to speak to us on this. And the Holy Spirit just said, you have a demon sitting on top of his salvation. And I thought, okay. And so we started praying directly. We go, well, you know what? Now now we're going to go directly against all the spirits sitting on top of this man's salvation. You should have seen his face. He bared his teeth, started growling at us, right? Took me and another guy straight over a table and everything. Straight over a table. We're on the floor holding on for dear life. And, you know, battle of the century here. And we, and we cast that out. And when that spirit came out, you could just feel that tension and everything just leave the man's body. And he was sitting there and, and he was crying and he, he just said, I want Jesus. I want to get saved. I want Jesus. And he accepted the Lord right there, okay, right there on the spot. His wife had been praying forever for him on that and other people have been praying, right? And I believe we were also praying about this too. Now, what I want to look at is, come with me now, I want to look at some of these generational curses and those curses that would keep people, you know, like the Jukes family or anything else, away from God. It is a miracle sometimes on how some people get saved and on grace and in the power of God and the power, power of the Holy Spirit. And the first place I want to go to, and let's look at some of these, these are going to be in Deuteronomy, and we're going to look in chapter 23. So if you have your Bibles, please turn over there. Boy, I hope you have your highlighters too. We're going to start off in Deuteronomy chapter 23, verse 1. It says, He that is wounded in the stones or has his privy member cut off shall not enter into the congregation of the Lord. And now that's like a shall not, and that's like a forever, right? And you see, it's really interesting with that because, you know, I, I felt kind of bad. You know, he that is wounded in the stones. And, you know, they had lots of wars back then and lots of other things that, that could happen. Okay. And it says here, too, it says, or those that has his privy member cut off. Now, if we look at this and we go, wow, that was sure weird back then. Well, this is something also that come, comes also in, into these modern times or, or modern days. It was popular for hundreds and hundreds of years. Maybe it's still a practice, but they were would have the young song boys, right? And they would need certain young men to sing at certain pitches. And so what they would do is they would willingly, I hope willingly, uh, they would uh, castrate some of these boys here so that they wouldn't enter into puberty or whatnot. And uh, yeah, then they could still sing that. And there are still there are still eunuchs and there are still uh, song boys that go around and sing and they have this procedure done. And they're highly sought after. Okay. I don't own, own the record, but there you go. Okay. But they still do this. Now, another thing is to look at is, you know, you, you look at this and you read this and you start wondering about the transgender, the transvestite, the sexual reassignment that's so in vogue today that's, that, that's really in there and, wow, honored. And, and, you know, I suppose we'll have to give them a, a gender too. Okay. But you wonder about that too. But, you know, th there's a thing in there and there, there is a wall that comes in there. It says anything that has this previous member cut off shall not enter into the congregation congregation of the Lord. And now, not to go uh, deeper into that one, but there are still ones where some of those people, they actually end up getting getting saved. There's times where God just has grace or a curse is broken. I think there are times of a lot of praying relatives or praying, praying loved ones that do this. For the sake of time, we have to go on here a little bit. But the number two, it says, a bastard shall not enter into the congregation of the Lord. Even to his tenth generation shall he not enter into the congregation of the Lord. So now look at this. Now, first of all, you know, most bastards, you know, they at the time of conception, they did not they did not choose that. Okay. But when that happens is, is that they shall not enter into the congregation of the Lord, even under their tenth generation. Now, that's ten generations afterwards. And that is even much more time than Mr. Max Jukes. 
And you see here, it says even entering into the 10th generation. So this is here where it's like, okay, well, you have the bastard. And, and so you're going to have that wall there that's there. Okay. And then you have that 10 generations. So there's going to be people nine or 10 generations later, and they're not even going to have interest for God or, or maybe even a hatred, a hatred for God. Here it keeps going on. It says an Ammonite or a Moabite shall not enter into the congregation of the Lord. Even to their 10th generation shall they not enter into the congregation of the Lord forever. Okay? Ten generations. Why? Because they met you not with bread and with water in the way when you came forth out of Egypt. Now look at this. Now I think this is mistreatment of God's people, whether it's mistreatment of, of Jews, mistreatment of Christians. I think mistreatment also of other people here too, where there's just nothing in there. Okay? But it says, they met you not with bread and water when you came forth out of Egypt, and because they hired, a, because they hired against thee Balaam, the son of Baor, to curse you. Now, there are a lot of people out there, and it happens also again today that, you know, there's people that hire people to curse other people. Yes. Your generation, the previous generation, a while, and most certainly back in the last 10 generations. And then there's people up in generation 9 or generation 10, and it's like, why, why can't they just get this Jesus thing? Or there's this block salvation, right? There's also, uh, there's also other curses that come upon against that for doing witchcraft, but we're sticking to generational curses today, right? Now, you know what a miracle is? You want to see God's grace there? Ruth was a Moabitess. Remember Ruth of the book of Ruth? She was a Moabitess, okay? And she did enter into the congregation of the Lord, and she was in the family family line of Jesus, right? And so there's a lot of talk and there's a lot of speculation, you know, wow, was Ruth like generation 11 on that one? Now, if we want to look at this here too, it's that, boy, another big biblical principle about turning curses into blessings in verse 5, but we'll go forward. You're going to have to read that, but please do. When they shot the curses at them and God turned them into blessings midair, right? And it says, you shall not abhor an Edomite, for he is thy brother, and you shall not abhor an Egyptian, because you were a stranger in their country. And it says, the children that are begotten of them shall enter into the congregation of the Lord in their third generation. Wow, so there, there was that blessing where it says they showed kindness, and you know, and God opened, God opened uh, doors for that. So praise the Lord. We want to look at that and, and just, just see how this works here. Because what happens is, is things are done. You know, there's a cane that gets in there. There are things that go along for these generations. And I tell you, and then people, they start experiencing things and they wonder why things can't happen. Or, you know, there's somebody that gets saved in a family, but they wonder why an ent another entire part of the family doesn't even come to the Lord. Let's just give some of the effects of living under uh, different different generational curses, okay? You know, you know if, if there's mind problems, sicknesses, psychosis, somatic illnesses. I want to just list some of these here. We're going to have a, a chance to pray it at the end of the message, okay? Spiritual slumber. That's another one of this here, too. It's, it's like they enter into these 10 generations of spiritual slumber, right? Lack of finances, barrenness, can't conceive, violent deaths, early deaths. There are people that have come against curses for people having been involved in Masonic lodges where there was a lot of skin disease that was tied directly into that. Scattered mind, depression, uncontrollable anger, bitterness, resentment. And, you know, a lot of times see, we'll pray against these here and we'll do a deliverance. Do a deliverance, you know, a brother or sister will come up to me and sit down and say, hey, Elvis, I've really been having scattered mind, a lot of depression with that, uncontrollable anger issues. Another good thing, too, is a good thing to pray is to come against the curses that all that all that 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 stuff is rooted into and that's also why we need to pray and ask the lord for discernment when we pray so that he can speak to us and say hey you know what this person has a curse of this this is either occurring in their life meaning they're doing it right this is occurring in their life or this is a family line curse that's went for generations right family line sicknesses family line sicknesses worries stress and I got, boy, I've got a whole list here and whatnot that are that, that's tied into that. Praise the Lord. We're going to pray for that here in a bit. Now, I want to show something here, too, where God also has, like, generational blessings. And if we go to 2 Kings chapter 10 and verse, uh, verse 30, we're going to see an interesting here where there was a blessing. And it was with Jehu here, right? And if we know Jehu, he's the one who came really driving his, he was driving his chariot furiously. Jezebel yells out to them out the window, the, the eunuchs, 
they end up throwing Jezebel out the window. They cast all the images out, out of the house of Baal, and they burned them. And verse 27, it says, they broke down the images of Baal and broke down the house of Baal. Yeah, and it says, in verse 28, and it says, thus Jehu destroyed Baal out of Israel. But now look at this. You know, these little parts here in verse 29, it says, how be it from the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nabat, who made Israel to sin, Jeho departed not from after them, to wit, the golden calves that were in Bethel and that were in Dan. Now, why is that a big thing? Remember the woman at the well? When Jesus was offering her the plan of salvation, and the, and the woman goes, no, we're supposed to worship up at those mountains there. Yeah, those golden calves were still around, right? And now look at this. So he was doing that, and in verse 30 we see, And the Lord said unto Jehu, Because you have done well in executing that which is right in my eyes, and has done unto the house of Ahab according to all that was in my heart, thy children, thy children of the fourth generation shall sit on the throne of Israel. Okay, so four generations from now, God was God's making the, not the offer. God's telling him. He's saying, you know what? You did a great thing there. You wiped. You practically wiped Baal out of Israel and everything. Good job. Your kids in the fourth generation from you, they are going to sit on the throne of Israel. Wow! Wouldn't you be like, wow? Thank you, Lord. This is great. Okay. But verse thirty-one, boy, when the King James starts a Bible verse with the word "but," it says, "But Jehu took no heed to walk in the law of the Lord." God of Israel with all of his heart, for he departed not from the sins of Jeroboam, which made Israel to sin. Ah, you want to jump in your time machine and go back and say, Jehu, what were you doing? Okay, all this stuff here, he, he tore down Baal and everything, but those golden calves that were in those mountains and everything, he still, you know, he, you know, he, he kind of had his little side, side thing going on. But you want to know something, even, even with all of Jehu's bad acts and with Je- the stuff that Jehu did, right? God is, when God makes a promise, he is still faithful to it, Ugh. even when we're, not, uh, when we're not faithful. Or like he says, you know, he didn't walk perfectly or completely in it. He still had that other stuff going on. But now notice this. In 2 Kings chapter 15, verse 12, it says, This was the word of the Lord which he spoke unto Jehu, saying, Thy sons shall sit on the throne of Israel under the fourth generation, and so it came to pass. And it's like, you know, it's where God told Jehu, he says, you know what, Jehu, I'm going to do this to the to the children uh, in, in the fourth generation or whatnot, because I said I would, because you did that great thing. But do you see that there, folks, how deeply embedded that idolatry, that wrong worship, that false religion gets in there, gets in the spirit, gets in the heart, or even a guy like Jehu, a hero of Israel, where where they were burning out Baal, right? Burning out Baal, burning out the spirit of Jezebel uh, out of Israel in that day, gets a promise from God, but he says he still didn't walk perfect in that, okay? That's why God doesn't want to want that in there uh, in there in the first place. Now this looks with all this stuff going on, and there is much more, and much more will come. It's like you look at some of this stuff, and it kind of overwhelms you. And then Christians they get a bit a little bit worried and nervous because they're like, "Well, what if Uncle Billy eight generations ago did this, and I'm living under a ten generational curse?" And and a lot of times people are like, "Well, how do I even know if I'm living under a curse?" It's it, and it's like, "Well, do you see the smoke? If there's smoke, there's fire, and it's like, is everybody uh, in the family dying from a certain thing? Do you see a constant line of that, right? Let's go back to Max Jukes, you know, poor Max Jukes here and everything, you know? Is there poverty? Is there destitution that's pretty much wiped out uh, 310 out of the 563 of the generational, right? Is criminality a problem? Is poverty? Is destitution? Is sickness? Is there a spirit, maybe spirit of the temple prostitute or a spirit of whoredoms that are on your children. And yes, that can that can be on girls and that can also be on boys. You know, the spirit of whoredoms where they're basically out there prostituting themselves. And we know from that too, prostituting yourself goes back to so much more than standing on, uh, standing on a street corner and selling your body for sex. There's so much of that. There's a lot of things that people sell their souls for. They sell their souls for, they they prostitute themselves and, and they destroy them, right? It's like, is there always something going on? Is there something in your life that you can't break? You listen to your Christian music CDs, you praise, you worship, you ask God for help. It's like, well, it's like, oh Lord, what is this? What's going on? Well, this is why the Bible, this is why the Bible needs to be taught. And the, and the two most important areas of Scripture going forward, when we talk about this, 
this message on hidden generational curses, and we will talk on future messages on other areas of curses, too. The two most important parts of Scripture that are in the Bible. And let's go to the first one, if we can, please. Let's go to Galatians chapter 3, verse 13. You know, finally this has been preached, uh, this has been preached in the last 20, 30, 40, faithfully by, by people who still held on to this. And I'm going to say this, too, while being laughed at in the past, by the way, about this here, too, right? In Galatians chapter 3, verse 13, it says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. That is the good news of the gospel, people. People go, what's the good news of the gospel? Oh, you get to get saved. After you die, you go sit by yourself, lonely on a cloud, way off somewhere, and you play a harp all the time. Now, I'm sorry, but that's the devil's picture of heaven, because it's exactly opposite. And then what the devil wants to tell you is that, well, when you get to hell, it's going to be a party with all your friends. And you know what? That's the exact opposite picture, because if you listen to the testimonies of those that have been there, if you read the story from uh, in the Bible about the rich man and Lazarus. It was the rich man that was alone, and it was really hot there, and he was really thirsty, and there was nobody around him. And when he was down there, he wanted none of his brothers to end up there. Got off a little bit there on that one here, too. But the good news of the gospel is, is that Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. I remember preaching that one time, that Jesus Christ became a curse for us, and I said that, and there was a ripple of shock that went through the congregation sitting in front of me, and they were like, how could you dare say that Jesus was a, became a curse for us? Thank God he did. You know why, people? Praise the Lord, because when I explained this, you should, you should have seen the the weight, the spiritual, the spiritual weight and the demonic lies that came off the hearts of those people when I said, you know what, because everything that Jesus suffered, we can go to him now and in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and break it, okay? And then there's some people that want to say, well, you know, oh, well, everything was broken automatically at the cross. And I want to say, you know what, at the moment of our salvation, there may be some things that are broken, but let's go back to salvation. Jesus died for everyone's sins. Why are there still millions of people going to hell every day? That's why Jesus was on the cross. When it comes to a curse, we pray, Father in heaven, in Jesus' mighty name, I break this curse. I break the curse of the bastard over me and my family back 10 generations. And you know what? All the way back to Adam and Eve in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. And that is why we love Jesus Christ. You know, they talk about, well, he paid the price, people. He, he got put on that cross and became a curse for us. The sins of the world came upon him. You read through the Bible and you see what Christ suffered through all that time, and, and you just, you're just in amazement. Because with that, on everything we go through, we can go to Jesus Christ. You know, it, it says in the Bible, by his wounds we were healed. Okay, so those with emotional wounds, physical wounds, spiritual wounds, okay, are they instantly and automatically healed? No, you need to apply it. Healing comes in by applying it. It. The breaking of curses comes in by applying it. The work of deliverance happens by applying it. We can talk about the soap all day long, but if we don't use the soap, there is no hope. There you go. Well, yay, you say, but look at this here. Jesus Christ redeems us from the curse of the law. Why, verse 13, let's read verse 14, that the blessings of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Oh, praise the Lord, sign me up for that program. Praise the Lord. There you go, people. This applies here, too, and I want to go back to this. Let's go back to 1 Kings, okay? And I want to go to uh, chapter 2, and let's start in verse 31, because there's, there, there are other curses here, too, that goes. And the king said unto him, Do as he said, and fall upon him, and bury him, that thou mayest take away the innocent blood which Joab has shed from me and from the house of my father. Notice that in that area of responsibility, okay, that happened there when he did that, when Joab shed that blood, that innocent blood, by the way, that came upon the house of me and from the house of my father. And verse 32, And the Lord shall return his blood upon his own head, who fell upon two men more righteous and better than he, and slew them with the sword. Okay, but you see, when that happened, that blood came came on on David, and that that came upon uh, the house of their father. And verse thirty three, their blood shall therefore return upon the head of Joab and upon the head of his seed forever. But upon David and upon his seed and upon his house, upon his house and upon his throne shall there shall there be peace forever 
from the Lord. There are consequences to what we do. And then we look at, do you see here the shedding of innocent blood? Do you see what happened to Cain after he slew Abel? Innocent blood cries out. Cain said, he goes, well, am I my, am I, am I my brother's keeper? And God was, you know, God was asking, he goes, you know, the blood of Abel cries out to me from the ground. People, innocent blood is still being shed on a daily bla- uh, daily basis around the planet. Some could really uh, even argue and everything, hey, yeah, innocent blood in the form of abortion is being shed around the planet every day, okay? Innocent blood, the spirit of murder. Okay, w- one of the Ten Commandments is thou shalt not kill. And the proper rendering of the word is thou shalt not murder. We're not talking about wars or conflict there. We're talking about the shedding of innocent blood. And that remains there until it's taken care of. And we see here in the Old Testament, it took blood to cleanse away blood, didn't it? Uh, Solomon gave the command to, uh, to go and, and have Joab killed, right? So that so that would be satisfied, that those sins could be washed away with blood and that peace would return to his house. How do I know if I'm under a curse? How is How is peace in your house? It may not be from innocent blood, but now look at this. It says, you know, some of these things go on forever. We're going to look at that in another another message. There are some curses. There are some curses that go for three generations, four generations, ten generations. And then then there are the ones that go on forever. Has there been no peace in your house forever? What's been the relationship with children forever? And I'm saying this here too, and this is a real hope for those that have went through abortion and, you know, maybe they are Christian now. There's a lot of shame and there's a lot of guilt and condemnation. And you see, the thing is, is when we go back to Galatians chapter 3, verse 13, that's that one there too. Jesus dying on the cross and shedding his blood? Yes, that was for you too. That there would be peace on your, you and your house forever. Man, you read this stuff and, and, when, and when God brings the understanding to you, you, your love just grows. Your love grows. It's not this empty thing. Yeah, I get to sit on a cloud and play a harp for the rest of eternity. No, my Lord. God washes that away right now. So there, there, there can be peace that comes on the family. This is very important, right? And now look at this. And not just blessing, breaking curses. And you know what? When you break curse, break the curses in Jesus' name. And you know what? And we pray that the blessings of Abraham that would, that would come on us, that would come on us, through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Okay? Now, I told you there were two two verses here, and we're going to look at the second one now. It's very important. I learned these when I was very young in deliverance, and I, I've had good reason to use these and to break this stuff, and I've prayed this thousands, if not tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of times on Christians going through things here too, right? Now look at this. We see in verse 13 where it talks about salvation, right? Being brought back to life again. And now look at verse 14. Blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that were against you, which were contrary to you, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. Now, all these ordinances and everything that were against us, it's like, well, okay, well, you've done this here, right? Okay, so that then this is going to happen. That, that blood's going to be upon you. Another reason why we love Jesus Christ, right? And look at verse 15. And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. And it goes on with verse 16. It's like, you know what? The religious works are not going to do it. You know, they're all running around, touch not, taste not, hear not, see not, smell not, whatever. Okay? And it's like, you know what? No, it all goes back to Jesus Christ and the cross. It, st- it starts right there with his death and his resurrection. For he says, behold, I give you power. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, the blotting out of the handwriting of ordinances that were against us, that were contrary to us. What we're going to do now is let's let's pray a bit. And if you find yourself underneath some of this, or even if you if you are even believers, which you probably are if you're listening to this program, but if you're not, hey, you know, if you're not saved, wouldn't you like to be? All this is yours. All that can be washed away with the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ and broken in the name of Jesus for what Jesus did on the cross. And there is so much more. There is so much more. You know, we can ask the Lord Jesus, say, Father in heaven, in Jesus' name, Lord, I just confess my sins, but I come to you and I ask you to come in my heart and I believe that Jesus Christ was the Son of God. And God, I believe you sent Jesus to help a person just like me. And so, Lord Jesus, I ask for your help, and I need that help now, Lord, because there's been a lot of things this crazy Elvis guy was talking about that happen to be right in my life right now. 
Lord, I can identify with the family line of Max Jukes. Lord, I can identify with a lot of these things, that a lot of these curses that come down upon people. Or, Lord, I see a lot of these symptoms in my life that are similar to that, Lord. And so, Lord, come into my heart and save me and heal me and deliver me. I claim all that, Lord, with the washing away of blood guiltiness, Lord, the shedding of innocent blood. Lord, I was that I was that person, Lord. Yeah, I, I had that abortion or I had multiple abortions. Please forgive me, Lord. Forgive me in the sins of my ignorance, Lord. Forgive me. Forgive me for the shedding of innocent blood, Lord. I ask your forgiveness. I thank you for your forgiveness, Lord. And I ask that you just remove, that you break the curse of shedding innocent blood over me and my family line forever. And we break the curses of shedding innocent blood all the way back, all the way back to to Adam and Eve in Jesus' mighty name, Lord. All those curses are broken in Jesus' mighty name, Lord. We loose in the spirits of healing, the spirits of health, the spirits of restoration in Jesus' name, Lord. We just ask you for that. Now, in Jesus' name, Father in heaven, in Jesus' name, Lord, we break the curse of the bastard now, in Jesus' mighty name, back 20 generations on each side of the family, Lord. Lord, there are so many illegitimate, Lord, people born out of wedlock, Father, in Jesus' name, Lord. We break that curse off those people, the falling of the curses, not entering into the congregation of the Lord for 10 generations, Lord. We break those curses, Lord, in Jesus' name, that the blessings of Abraham may flow upon those people now. Now, in Jesus' mighty name, Lord, we break the curse of the bastard. We break unwanted the spirit of unwanted pregnancy. Also that that leads right back into abortion, Father, in Jesus' name. Lord, we just break the curses. We break all whoredoms, judgments, and iniquities in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that would set men and women up to be prostitutes because something lies to them and tells them they can't do anything else with their life. We break that in Jesus' name. Lord, we break all the curses, Lord, that would cause people to be generational atheists. Atheists, Lord, generational drunkards, Lord, Lord, this slavery to alcoholism, death, murder, and destruction in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we break that now, and we pray that we'll be, we'll be broken instantly in Jesus' mighty name, Lord. Criminality, drug abuse, we break the curse of opiates and opiate addiction and heroin addiction, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Drug addiction over our children, over our families, Lord, and all the curses and the setting up of curses and family line spirits. Lord, that set us up to destroy us and the generations after us in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now we command all brain fog to go out, Lord, all mental problems, all sickness, all psychosomatic illness in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We command that to go, all pain and all and the curses of long-term pain in Jesus' name. We break those curses now in Jesus' name, and we command the spirits to come out in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. All the spirits of slumber, spiritual slumber in Jesus' name. All apathy towards God in Jesus' mighty name. We just command all that out now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, Father. All that. All spirits of barrenness can't conceive in Jesus' name. Lord, on one hand, we have the people who can't conceive. And then, Father, all these other spirits, Lord, that would come in and just have people where people have 12 kids, Father, in Jesus' name, whether they want them or not. Everything up and out now in Jesus' mighty name. All scattered mind, the curses of scattered mind, the curses of depression, everybody's sad. Our kids have depression. We have depression. Grandpa and grandma had depression. We break that in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, we command those chains to come off to the people that are listening tonight. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, you manifest and go, and we loose the angels to attack you and destroy you and break your patterns in our life in Jesus' name. All the spirits of heart failure, sadness in the heart, giving up. Lord, where we feel lazy and slothful, or we feel so broken down, and thank you, Lord, that the spirit, the broken spirit, We command that to come out. And then I cried, Lord Jesus, come and heal my broken spirit, the song says. All of that now in Jesus' mighty name. All broken heart, wounded love, abandoned love, come out now in Jesus' name. These generational curses that set us up for us and that just keep going on and on and on. And we break the hidden generational curses in our life in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You loose us and you let them go. Colossians chapter 2, verses 14 and 15. The handwriting is blotted out in Jesus' mighty name. Blotting out the handwriting of the ordinances that were against us, that were contrary to us. He took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. And yep, put it on under the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, and you are broken again. Why? 
that the blessings of Abraham would come upon us in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, in Jesus' name. Come on, in Jesus' name. You lose some family line sickness. Let's go. Hopelessness, tiredness. I break the spirit of depression and anger and frustration and resentment off the deliverance workers, the different deliverance preachers, deliverance teachers, people in deliverance, Lord. I call it off Sheila Zelensky. I call it off all the people that have radio programs, all of her other guests. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we break this and we rebuke this in Jesus' mighty name. You have no place here in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Angels, reload. All this where we're living, Lord, we break the curses where we're, we're living under the effect. Even though we did not commit the sin, we are still living under the effects of the sin through the generations. We break that. We fall out of agreement. We break the curse and command all the spirits and related patterns to loose us and let us go in Jesus' name. Lord, we lose healing in the emotions in Jesus' name, Lord. Uh, Lord, we lose angels to go start tearing up all the roots of rejection, reproach, bitterness, and resentment, all the worry and the stress. We break the curse of the cares of the world in the, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, Father. And I just call out the heaviness, and I call out the heaviness and the stones in our heart in Jesus' name, Lord. And Lord, all the other stuff, too, where, where it says in the Bible, too, it says, to frustrate a man in his way, the Lord approveth not. And I break that curse over us where people have come or tried to frustrate us in our way. And you do not approve of that in Jesus' name. So where they do that, and people just being resistant, people just being pains, we just break this pattern in Jesus' name of the enemy using that. And each time it says much more than it refers to the work of Jesus Christ. Before the crucifixion, during the crucifixion, and after he rose again and is seated up on the right hand of the Father. Lord, we just thank you for this tonight in Jesus' name, Lord. We ask you to keep breaking and keep exposing, Lord, generational curses in our family in Jesus' name, Lord. Lord, generational curses that have went on, Lord, even if we don't know it, it doesn't matter. The angels, the Holy Spirit knows it. We pray and ask for the mighty work of the Holy Spirit to, to move in our lives and to mop up and clean up and expose and break this garbage that's tearing us down. Lord, I lose the spirit of life into each and every person listening now in Jesus' name. And Father, I also pray, Lord, in Jesus' name, just that life-giving spirit. And Lord, I pray that the blessings of Abraham would pour upon the people so great, Lord, that the blessings of Abraham would overtake them in Jesus' mighty name, Lord. We pray that. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We love you, Lord Jesus, for everything that you've done. We read the Bible and we shake our heads and we go, wow, thank you, Jesus, one again for all of that. In Jesus' mighty name we pray and we thank you, Lord. We give you all the honor and glory in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen. Thank you so much for that, Elvis. What a very powerful teaching and really powerful deliverance. And we just pray. We ask the Lord to just release his mighty warrior angels to continue pulling that stuff out, even in the next 48 hours. And we look forward to the testimonies. And speaking of, I really encourage people to reach out to Elvis if you have any questions. His contact information is linked below, but I'll get you to give it out. And also, Elvis, talk a little bit about your online services, how folks can tune into your Sunday services as well. Well, great. Uh, praise the Lord. Well, uh, for this, if you'd like to get in contact with me on this, on this message or any other message, my email address is elvishcd at AOL.com. One more time, that's Elvis HCD, that's one word, at AOL.com. We are a church. We're located here in Hamburg, Germany. Uh, we meet every Sunday. We meet for prayer meeting and uh, intercessory prayer and praise report on Wednesday evenings. If you'd like to hear more messages from me, uh, you can look me up uh, on YouTube. Uh, you'll find me under the Sheila Zelensky show. Type in Sheila Zelensky and Elvis Newhart, and other shows will also pop up. And there are other messages there. If you're interested in listening to us, our Sunday services start at 11.30 Sunday morning, and that's here in Germany. And I believe we are one hour ahead of England. So it's like GMT plus one. Uh, we are nine hours ahead of West Coast time, six hours ahead of East Coast time. So you might want to factor in the time differences. For example, our church here starts at 2.30 in the morning, 2.30 in, uh, in the morning in, in California. Now, you would be surprised with with this program and other programs that I've done of the people that listen in at different times on different programs. What I would recommend is send me an email at elvishcd at aol.com and we'd be glad to set you up and welcome you in. 
Excellent. And I'll link your email below too, your contact info. Well, listen, Elvis, thank you so much for giving this powerful teaching on hidden curses was so good. And I really encourage people to share this. And I really encourage people also to reach out to Elvis and let him know that you heard him on the program. Elvis, it's always a pleasure. And I look forward to coming back on the program real soon. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Thank you so very much for having me. Folks, that was Elvis Newhart. Do reach out to him and let him know you heard him on the program today. What a very powerful show that was. And I really pray that each one of you got lots of deliverance and that you continue to get deliverance even after this show is over. And I just want to thank everyone that reached out to me. You know that I'm compiling a list of awesome churches. When I say awesome, maybe I should clarify that. Churches that preach the gospel, do deliverance, do healing, Mark 16 ministry, Bible-based, preaching the Word of God. There's no watered-down, lukewarm gospel at all. I'd really like to compile a list because that's the one question that I get all the time. And eventually, I'm going to have a website in the next six months that'll have a feature that you just you just simply throw in your zip code or in Canada, your postal code. Really going to start in North America and then expand outward. You know, maybe I'll feature some other countries because I have a lot of Australians, New Zealanders, people from Ireland, Scotland. Boy, I might have to have a massive world map at some point, but I I just don't know one that exists right now. A really good church that has awesome connections. One place right now in the meantime, I will recommend you go to find like-minded apostolic Mark 16 kinds of real body of Christ members is to Torben Sondergaard's website in the meantime. And let me know how you make out. These are people that really are out there. They're making disciples. I really believe they're they're true Christians that really want to connect with other like-minded Christians. I've got some really good feedback on some connections made through that. So in the meantime, go to this website, thelastreformation.com. And there's a map there on that website where you can get hooked up with other like-minded people. And that's a worldwide map. I asked Torben how to put that feature on my website. He recommended something else. I took that to my web people and we're looking into it. The best way to do it. And Torben's had a lot of experience with online map. And he said that was not a good idea to do it the way his was set up. So I'm going to take that advice. But his map still does work. So just fire in your zip code, your postal code, and find an awesome Christian near you. There you go. Coming soon to a community near you. More Christians. (laughs) I'm really looking forward to your feedback on that map, too. And I've got it linked there below that website, thelastreformation.com. Go check out his website and check out his movie, too. It's really awesome stuff. It's linked there. Go check out his Pioneer School. My prayer group went through all 25 videos. It was 25 weeks Every Wednesday we went through that. That's like going to Bible college for free in 25 weeks. Some people have done it in a weekend. Anyway, so I'm working on this list of churches. I'll be updating it. Please, if you have an awesome church you can recommend, do email me with awesome church in the subject line. It is quite the undertaking, I can assure you. I'm going to have to try to get some help with that project alone. I've got a fantastic rest of the week. I've got the fellow that was arrested in Canada. He's coming on my program this week. And so is Gail Patton on an awesome show I'm entitling Doctrines of Devils. You're not even going to believe what some of the churches are into. Wow. And then Friday, with exclusive content that he just told me today he hasn't shared with anyone, and he's done some show this week. It is Craig Sawman Sawyer, Semper Fi Marines. It is Dev Gru SEAL Team 6 Sniper, good friend of mine. He's coming on the show to talk about Contraland, his trip to Thailand, what happened in that hole where the Navy SEAL died, those kids that were trapped. He's going to get into that and so much more. Plus, Contraland is coming out on Netflix. At least that's what we said in the spring. Well, with everyone canceling Netflix, is that do we have another option? Netflix, don't get me started on that. We're going to get into a riveting topic with Sawman Sawyer. So that's Friday. And then I'm taking the rest of July off to work on Technogeddon. Boy, oh boy, I've got to get this book completed. And I also want to get my Deliverance Online School completed as well. I've got so many irons in the fire that I need a team of staff here. 
Any internship volunteers want to come alongside my ministry and help? And there is lots of shows in the podcast archives for you to go through while I take time off to work on my book and my other projects. There's lots in there for you to go back and listen to. And I really recommend that you go back and listen to the shows that I've uploaded from January to July. Wow. Boy, there's some gold in there. So thank you all for tuning into the program today. I love you all. Good night and God bless.